Bow your heads and hearts with me. Our Father, our God, again, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for Christ. Thank you for the sweet communion of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for uh, allowing us to come together one more time. Um, Father, be with us. Be with us. Word our mouths, prepare the hearts. Father, that we uh, give and receive what you desire. No more, no less. It's in the precious name of your Son, my Savior, our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Let every heart say. So uh, you may be happy to know we just have two more messages from Paul's letter to the Romans. Again, our study that began in February of last year is coming to a close. Uh, started at 1-1 and we're going to go to the end of the 16th chapter. Uh, so again, we've read, we've studied, we've pondered uh, just a wide range of uh, theological issues that are both uh, relational and personal. Um, how we're called to live, to move, to uh, worship in community and individually. And so as the subtitle of our, of our uh, little slide here says, it's a real letter from a real person to a real church. And so we want to turn our attention to the 17th verse of the 16th chapter where we read, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them. So after a list of shout outs, uh, William did such a wonderful job of exegeting and, and presenting uh, on last week to the women and men, the Jews, Gentiles. Uh, Paul gives two clear directives. Two clear directives. One, straightforward, unambiguous, you don't have to be a genius. Watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way. They are contrary to the teaching you have learned. I urge you, I beg you, I plead with you to watch out, present, active, to be on the lookout, vigilant, careful of those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary, in opposition to, that contradict the teaching, the teaching, the teaching you have learned. Okay. May not jump out from the text, but the implication is that there's an understood orthodoxy. It doesn't like leap out and says, see me, see me. But the implication is there's an understood orthodoxy. There's an accepted understanding of doctrine for those of the way, the church. Yeah, they're going to be then and now, they're going to be debates around the fringes about this, that, and the other, you know, some folks are want to do. How many angels can dance on the head of a pen? Let's, 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 let's debate that. We could park here for at least a couple of weeks, but we won't. But suffice it to say, 
the core nature of the gospel. The things that make the gospel the gospel is something that's shared. And you're looking at me like, okay, that was really profound. Uh, what makes the gospel the gospel is something that is shared. The gospel, it's the good news. What's news if it's not shared? I know, we don't, it's just, well, if it's not shared, it's not news. Here, the gospel has been shared, it's been taught, it's been understood, and it's been embraced. How do you know that, Pastor Meeks? I'm glad you asked. Because Paul writes, there are some that are doing things contrary to the teaching you have learned. There are disciples and there are disciples. There are people that are teaching and there are people that are learning. I know, I realize this, is, this may be pretty obvious, uh, but a critical component of what it means to be a part of a community of faith is teaching, discipling. It's an absolute orthodox, it's a requirement for Christian orthodoxy. Small group. Here we go again. Yes, this is who we, here we go again. Small group, what we call growth groups. Men's fellowship. Women's fellowship. Children's church. These are just not nice things that you can, if I could fit it into my schedule, then I'll fit it into my schedule. That's not what it's about. That's not what it's a part, to, that's not what it means to be a part of a community of faith. A school is not a school unless instruction is taking place. Uh, ask any educator. DeAndre's there, he'll tell you. Pedagogy or pedagogy, however you want to pronounce it. It's that mashup. It's that fusion. It's that merging of instruction that brings together relationships and concepts to produce orthodoxy. In this case, disciples of Christ. You may think that things are just fine and dandy with a YouTube video, slippers, and a cup of coffee. You would be wrong. Well, did you hear? Did you see? Were you there? Was it transactional? Or were you just there taking in whatever was being spit out? Um, if you think that that's okay, if I have plumbing problems and you're a plumber, I'm not calling you. I'm definitely not calling you. Uh, I need you, if you're a plumber, I need you to have worked under an apprentice. I need you to have worked on some things before you come to my house and start working on my plumbing. Well, I saw it on YouTube. Well, I know how to do everything. I could tear a car apart because I saw it on YouTube. You're not working on my car. Quadruple times that when it comes to issues of spirit in the body of Christ. 
Well, I saw something on YouTube, so let me share the YouTube. Step back, please. Just please, don't, don't, no, no. Uh, I heard, I saw, but were we taught? Were we discipled? There was a, I, you guys have probably have anybody, particularly anybody with kids, you, you have all types of stories about how it was to uh, experience uh, the pandemic when it comes to education. Uh, and I'll never forget the story of uh, my daughter down in Southern California. Uh, our, uh, that'd be our seventh grandchild. He's now seven. Uh, but the teacher called his mother and said, Aaron is, uh, he's under the table right now. You, you, you need to go, like, go get your kid. She's in another room thinking he's got a lesson going on. And he's under the table and the teacher's calling the parent saying, this thing, this video thing is just not working. There, it's, there's no transaction that's taking place. Um, so Paul believes that the church in Rome has been discipled well and knows the genuine from the phony. That's the clear implication. Um, Paul's second directive, equally clear and equally unambiguous, uh, is to keep away from them. Keep away from them. Wait, 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 what? Aren't we supposed to pray for them? Aren't we to work with them to try and show them the error of their way? No. No. Keep away from them. Well, why is this? Glad you asked. Verse 18, for such people are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. We need to understand the binary nature of uh, the war we're in. Some need to recognize that we're actually in a war. Some people don't even know that we're in a war. Let me help us out. We are in a war. It's a spiritual war. How do I know? Because he's lobbing bombs at my house. And if he's lobbing bombs at my house, I can only imagine what he's doing at yours. And I know some of the bombs that have been falling at your house because we received the call. And even when we don't receive the call, we know about the bomb that hit your house. When you're in a war, a choice is required. When you're in a war, a choice is required. You can't sit by passively in a war and hope to be okay. I'm just, I know, I know this is like, oh man, it's so warm in here. Can you just hurry up and cut to the chase? This is the chase. This is the chase. We're in a war. We're in a war. Do you hear, do you, I mean, seriously, the heart attack. Do you hear what I'm saying? We're in a war. The evil one is evil. He's not stupid. He's evil. And he'll take anything and everything and do whatever he can. He can't get your soul, but he can mess your mind up. He can cause you to talk about divorce. He can cause your kid to act a straight up fool. 
And then the, that's the last thing you're thinking about is worshiping. My kids just over here burning the house down. What's going on? It's called the evil one. Oh, well, maybe he just needs a little time out or whatever. He said, maybe so. But understand the root cause that we're in a war. We're in a war. We're in a war. It's, it's a spiritual war that's as real as anything that's going on in other parts of the country where they are dropping real bombs. And if you don't make a choice, or if you choose to ignore the fact that you're in a war, you've made a choice. You've made a choice. By not making a choice, you've made a choice. Oh, I didn't take all of that. I don't have to do all of that. And then the next thing, missiles are just flying all over your head. It's like, what in the world is going on? You got no defense. You got no defense. You got nothing. You got nothing. Uh, Paul alludes, uh, just kind of as an aside, alludes to their appetites or bellies. As some theologians suggest that people, the people Paul is referring to uh, are, are Jews that are still trying to adhere to some of the food laws uh, and the restrictions, um, trying to deceive the minds of naive people. Naive people. But since we really don't know, we won't park here and uh, let's not miss the main point that's being made. Um, and that's some are hanging around and pretending or even thinking that they are followers of Christ but in fact as Paul writes they're not serving our Lord Christ Scale said you don't have to say everything you think um, but let me just say this. I don't for a minute pretend to believe that everyone that comes in and even sits with us is his. I don't know that. I don't know that. You could be a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. By smooth talk, by smooth talk and flattery. <laughs> the evil one just uh, thought he'd uh, mess up my little, uh... so I printed out. Wonderfully, Paul adds a bit of insight about the things he has heard about the church of Rome's ability to know truth and error. Verse 19, if you'd advance that, uh, Ryan. Everyone has heard about your obedience, so I rejoice because of you. But I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. Everyone. Everyone, look at the text, everyone. Their reputation is so well known about keeping the sound doctrine that Paul writes, everyone, I know it's hyperbolic, but everyone has heard about your obedience. See, and this is at a time when news definitely didn't travel fast, but it traveled wide enough 
for Paul, who's probably in Asia Minor, is writing to the church at Rome and saying, everybody knows about your knowledge. What about us? What about us? What about, what about city church? What about city church? What about, what about city church? What's our reputation when it comes to um, knowledge? Is it simply vaccination clinics and Easter in the park? Is that us? Is that us? Or are we known, as I like to remind us, we don't take ourselves seriously, but we take the word of God very seriously. Um, another way to think about it is what, what if, if, you know, nobody does business cards anymore, but if you had one, what would your business card reflect? What would it say about your, your spiritual walk, your spiritual knowledge? Um, just about done. With a gold star, Paul gives a uh, a cautionary reminder with the conjunction translated here, but you are on track, you're doing a great job, you're going to small group, being discipled, discipling others, but, but I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. Uh, no matter how well things are going, the evil one is not resting. The evil one is not resting. He's constantly on the prowl. He's seeking who he may devour and to interrupt the cause of Christ. But lest we become frightened, Paul makes clear that although there's a battle raging, the victory is certain. Verse 20. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of God, our Lord Jesus, be with you. The God of peace, the God of peace, the God of peace, Irene, the God of peace. It's interesting that uh, Paul uses peace to describe God in this situation, don't you think? I was just sharing this morning in a, in a, uh, prior to uh, coming in this space, uh, we get caught up in uh, if we're not careful, we get caught up in naming convention of God and fail to recognize that we're talking about God. When Moses asks, who shall I say sent me? Who, who, what's your business card? What's the, what can I say? Because people are going to ask. Who are you to come into this space and uh, be so bodacious and to say, let my people go? Who's going to, who, 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 who? And uh, the, the, the easy translation goes along the lines of, I will be there however I need to be there in whatever shape, form, or quantity I need to be there. I am that I am. And so what he's saying right here is the God of peace. 
He didn't say the God that's all powerful, he is. He didn't say the God of all provision, he is. Why not the guy, why not the God that knows the end before there's a beginning? Because he does. Uh, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. I just, I, I love the word. I love the word. Obviously, this is an echo of God's promise to the third chapter of Genesis, as well as the second chapter of Hebrews, that a savior will crush the serpent. He writes, again, don't get caught up. Don't bury your nose on the backside of a tree and miss really what's going on. He writes, will soon crush Satan under their feet. Soon was Paul expect was he did he have a misplaced eschatological view of when Christ was returning? Uh, don't miss the primary point. As I've shared before, I share now. The same spirit of the living God that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. The same spirit of the living God that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is in you. What's dead in your life? What's, what's dead? Marriage is dead. B.B. King said, the thrill is gone. The desire to want to is dead. I have heard from so many. I understand. We live in the now, but not yet. We're we're in that that we're in that space. It's it's the now, but not yet. The kingdom of God will be fully in place. God will have full reign at the Perusia. He will. He will. Uh, but understand, right now, September 4th, 2022, the evil one is defeated. But even though he's defeated, doesn't mean he won't try and cause hell in your life. Yeah. 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 It's a loss. It's, it's kind of like, uh, there was a time when I actually thought that those, uh, you know, like big time wrestling was really wrestling. You know what I'm talking about. Now they call it WWE or whatever. It's like, I know. How long ago was that? Last week. No, no, it was uh, when I was a kid. I used to think that, you know, Haystack Calhoun and, uh, uh, you know, all those guys that, uh, that they were actually, man, this is, boy, is he going to win? Is he going to win? I don't know. I don't know. He might, oh, look, it's not going well. It's, 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 it's looking pretty grim. And then uh, the one that was supposed to win won. It's a funny thing how that worked out. The end was already determined. For us as believers, the end is a certainty. It's a slam dunk. It is, it is. See, 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 but we don't, we choose, we choose, we choose to, to engage in a way that, well, the victory is not, it's uncertain. It could go left, it could go right. 
like I said about keeping grandma locked up in the, in the basement, that's a bad metaphor, but you know what I mean. If you choose to lock up the Holy Spirit, the Bible talks about quenching the Holy Spirit. And you don't allow the Holy Spirit to do the things the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life, then you will always be dealing with the symptoms instead of the root cause. We have such a tremendous opportunity and resource to live in a way that exalts Christ and shows the world it's not just it's it's it, to say it's a better way is is just to state the obvious the way you're going is hopeless the way we're going gives life and we have the opportunity to present that to a world that doesn't even know doesn't have a clue where to go lost and unfortunately some of us aren't um, using the GPS that God has provided us. Let's pray. Our Father, our God, again, I just say thank you. Thank you for Christ. Thank you for the sweet communion of your Holy Spirit. Done what you've asked us to do. The rest is all up to you, Father. Thank you. Be with us, I pray. In Christ's name, amen. Ashley. Chris. Come on up here. Uh, Pastor, come on. Uh, Pastor Nate, come on up here. Hold, 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 hold fast. I'm elevating. I'm elevating. Grab that other basket over there, Chris, and just stand there, please. Reading from the first letter to the Corinthians, the 11th chapter, the 23rd to the 34th verse. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment on themselves. This is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. So then, my brothers and sisters, when you gather to eat, you should all eat together. 
Anyone who is hungry should eat something at home so that when you meet together, it may not result in judgment. And when I come, I will give further directions. This is the word of the Lord. I invite you now to come and let us share the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Somebody. Yeah. 